and welcome to the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Eventually, I'm going to get this opening right, um, but uh, supposedly, I'm Phone Boy. And, and I'm Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Yeah, okay, and welcome to episode 29. And uh, yeah, we're I'm playing with new stuff. Uh, Phoenix has a new microphone. I have a new soundboard. Yeah, this is going to go fantastic. We have a new format. This is going to be an epic show if we can finally get it off the ground. Yeah, unmute phone boy. I've, I've unmuted everybody. <laughs> um, except except for, the, except for the trolls in the troll room. So this is a value for value podcast. And uh, uh, Lord knows if you get any value out of this. But if you do, uh, please uh, send some uh, some fiat fun coupons or some Satoshis our way. Uh, you can or troll us in the chat room yeah. or just listen and propagate the formula. You know, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody you know that the Lotus Effect is on air and ready to roll. Yeah, and I suppose I should actually send out the toot for that too. That you know, there is that, there is that whole thing. People, so, people actually might be interested to know that so, you know we've gone live finally. Yeah, exactly. So um, go to yeah. So if you do not have the uh, the ability to boost or send satoshis, go get a new podcast app. Go to nudepodcastapps.com. We are nude podcasters after all. Yes, well, we are. Actually, one of us is at the moment. The other well, one. One is, of us is nude, and that's because she was only wearing a sundress today uh, by. You know, happenstance. Yeah, there you go. So, and if, yeah, it's 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 been a, it's been a day, um, and uh, yeah, we. So um, today's topic, though, is a, a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Um, it's the evils of sugar, actually, in of which that there is um, that there. It's it's just it's not it, it's sugar's bad. It's evil. Okay? Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, there's there's been some research done. We've got some, you know, and, and you know, there's we, we got clips galore here, folks. Um, we have fantastic confent. Confent. Ooh, yeah. Confent. I'm not even drinking or doing any kind of illegal substances. We are actually sober for this podcast. We're going to try something new today. What I was trying to say is we have some fantastic content as well. We do. So, um, but if, if you guys have... Um, I don't think money will fix it. Oh boy, yeah. There's only there's only so much uh, money will, things will do here. So anyway, um, yeah, if, because money can't fix stupid, but a two by four can numb it. Yeah, that's true. Well, so so can alcohol, so can marijuana, so can lots of other things. Well, that's that's what happens in the post show. Yeah, that's, that's why well, we that's, call it the after party. Yeah, no wonder the open was rough. Yeah, that's probably that new equipment. There's lots of things. Oh yeah, well if you want, I blame if you want, boy. if you want unsober podcasting wait until after the show's over um so yeah that's the whole reason to stick around for the after party is to uh see phoenix and phone boy in their natural environment <laughs> yeah exactly all right so all, right, all the trolls in the troll room can officially hush because we're trying to do a show here <laughs> and you're distracting phone boy he doesn't have a lot of attention span today to begin with and you're making it worse. Okay. Keep well, what? Okay. So since since you're the one who took all the fucking notes today, um, yeah, somebody had to do the fucking work. For this yeah. Podcast. Well, I had, somebody had to do the fucking clips. That's all I'm you saying. You know, the sad part is I said I wasn't going to cuss even once, and look at me—you've already got me cussing. See what you do to me, phone boy. <laughs> See what happens when you don't act like a consummate professional. All right. So, all right. So why why don't we start with the, the topic of sugar? Since since you since uh, you you what you wrote on my itinerary? Yes. Th this is this is what the keeper does. Is she tells me she tells yes, me what to Phoenix the keeper. I'm changing my name in the troll room to Phoenix the keeper because apparently somebody has to keep you in line with all of the things we do. Yeah. And you weren't supposed to give out what our itinerary was. That was for your eyes only. 
Yeah, well, but this is... I, I only said the first item. We're talking about sugar. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're, okay. you're, you're, you're giving away all the trade secrets. You're showing the sausage. I'll show you the sausage. <laughs> you, oh, you walked right into that one. <laughs> right into it. Face first. Yeah. Oh, I could say something there. But uh, you won't. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so, you have some notes about sugar. Why don't you... Uh, why don't you start? Fine. I will. <laughs> you will. Okay. Let's go. Okay. So to start with, okay, sugar by definition is a sweet tasting soluble carbohydrate. And most simple sugars, okay, are known as monosaccharides, which means they only have one, ergo the meaning of mono. They have one molecule that they are made up of. And they're found in so many different things. And we'll discuss that later. The, um, the effect that sugar has on your body, one of the uh, largest, most obvious effects, is it has an inflammation effect. So, of course, you know, if you've got any kind of, you know, anything <laughs> wrong with you, sugar is going to exacerbate the, um, the condition. And, of course, you know, it, the most evil form of sugar, as I'm sure everyone is very aware of, is high fructose corn syrup. Now, that, by definition, is a liquid um, sweetener made from corn, which is commonly used in all processed foods. It is a combination of fructose and glucose. Uh, that's some of those monosaccharides that I was talking about earlier. And it is actually a, a genetically modified. So automatically, you know, GMO equals stay the hell away from it. Now, sugar naturally, okay, you actually need sugar in your body to live. But you don't need as much as most people consume. And that's a big problem in our in, in the world, even. I, I won't even say in our country, because it's not just our country. There was actually a study done in China that claimed that 50% of the population was obese or, you know, whatever from, from sugar consumption. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't obese. I apologize. I misspoke. It was pre-diabetic, as a matter of fact, that they said that they were. It was like 50% of the population. Now, if you look at, you know, the, the population in China, these people do not look like they would necessarily be, you know, candidates for diabetes by the, you know, standards, which we'll discuss after. But according to this study, you know, 50% of those fine folks over there are uh, pre-diabetic, so I think there's some fuckery going on. Like anyone here who listens to the Lotus Effect would be surprised about that. Yeah. Now, this this show is going to be fairly clip heavy because we have we we've done we we did a little bit of research and did some stuff, and and I think it's worth pointing out. That, so there um, there are actually many types of sugar, and in fact, we could uh, we we have a list. So we actually we so do. there are different names for sugar that we that yeah, and I've I've seen anywhere between. How many, how many Are you trying to steal my shit already? No, we're trying. I'm trying to. There's keep between things. 55 and 101 different names for sugar. Yeah. And 
Uh, well, here's the thing. I have everything in order. So let me just spew and you run a, cl a clip and interject as well. We go. Okay. Well, the one clip I <laughs> the one clip I was going to run is this is something that comes up about about sugar and it's actually um, the fact that now there's some there's some debate about how essential sugar is um, and as far as do we need to consume sugar. Okay. So why don't you play that clip? That's fine. Yeah. See, this is the problem. We didn't have time to go over how we were going to make this work because we were extremely rushed because somebody insisted on playing a fucking video that was like an hour fucking long to get the clips out of it that I had to sit there and take notes on before I could even start my own notes. This has been an epic balagon so far. We were supposed to make this shit look polished and you can't polish a turd apparently. <laughs> can't polish a turd. That might be a potential show title. All right. So I'm going to play this Robert Lustig clip because I think it's and there's there's going to be several clips from him but this is a something that 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 I one of the one of, you'll hear um you'll hear some terms like glucose and it's actually and this mm -hmm. is I think this is it's a, this is a it's a type it's a it's a sugar molecule and there's you know many sugars are made up of you know one or more different types of molecules um and yeah here's so I'm going to play this this clip by uh by Robert Lustig about about the fact that yeah glucose is uh, essential for life now, this stuff is essential for life. Every cell on the planet utilizes glucose for energy. It's so important that if you don't eat it, your body makes it. That's how important it is. Yeah. Now, that should, that should tell you something right there, right? So first of all, yeah, if it's, the body will make it if you don't consume it. And there's a lot of things that that actually qualifies um, subject-wise. Because there's a lot of things, I mean, literally, we've been talking for I don't know how long about the fact that your body knows what it needs and what it doesn't need. Ergo, you know, when we get to talking about diabetes and how, you know, your body excretes the excess sugar that it doesn't need once you have truly reached you know, the, the saturation level, if you will, in your bloodstream of glucose, which doesn't take a lot to do, especially with the foods that are out there nowadays, unless you're eating clean like we do. Yeah, or we try to, and sometimes, sometimes even we make mistakes on that. Yeah, like last night's decision to have Mexican, and, you know, we had some fundido that was obviously some processed hot garbage, and the corn chips that we, um, you know, enjoyed with it as well yeah the, well yeah that and the, yeah the salsa which yeah you know. actually i don't think the salsa was all that bad considering the fact that it's only vegetables i unless it had seed oil in it which i mean who i don't know how salsa is made we have no but idea. unless it had seed oil in it i don't really think it had all you know too much hot garbage in it too much hot garbage yeah there you go well, that's a show title too yeah. much hot garbage yeah all right so i want to get back to the uh the start where i was at about the fact that we do need sugar in our diets. Now, the recommended daily amount is for women, six teaspoons or 24 grams. And for men, it's nine teaspoons or 36 grams. Now, I want to put that into context for everyone in a moment here. Now, most people are consuming 22 teaspoons or 88 grams of sugar a day. That is in one 24 hour period yeah and i've got a, i've actually got a couple clips on that um I, i'm sure you do yes um here's the thing to put it into context for our for our wonderful listeners 20 pounds a year is what they're recommending of sugar for a woman 30 pounds for a man and the average person is consuming 73 pounds a year 
that sink in for a second. Yeah. So just to throw that, just to throw a couple other stats in there, I've seen no, different numbers on this. So um, I've got a couple. So um, got a video from uh, from Dr. Mark Hyman on on you know on on how to and actually how to kick a sugar habit, and he he threw some stats out here that I think are that I think are worth uh, pointing out. Do you know what makes you sick and overweight? It's not fat. The answer is sugar. And the average American consumes about 152 pounds of sugar a year. That's roughly 22 teaspoons every single day. And our kids, they consume even more, 34 teaspoons every day, making nearly one in four teenagers pre-diabetic or type two diabetic. This is the reason that 70% of Americans and 40% of kids are overweight. So yeah, I, I th yeah, and th there's there's a number of yeah, and it's it's just kind of disgusting how much it's in it. This is and actually what's even worse, I'd say, is the kinds of stuff that are actually that actually contain sugar that you think about it. I think that there's a there's yeah, a we're gonna we're gonna discuss that also a little bit later. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of disgusting how much yeah you know, where all you know again where you think there where you wouldn't expect sugar but you find it and it's and the fact that well here's we we can dive into that okay. actually um I I have actually compiled a list for you wonderful people of well, I've actually compiled two lists one is common names for sugar that's found in food that you may be. Uh, familiar with now there there is one other thing uh, that I wanted to mention before I go into my list it's a face it's a basic general rule you need to when you look at your labels please ladies and gentlemen read your labels because the things you will find on them uh, may horrify you but it also may save your life especially if you're a, di a diabetic or you know have any kind of health conditions which most of us have at least one health condition somewhere floating around and again you know, sugar exacerbates a lot of those conditions. Now, if you can, by reading your labels, etc., you want to avoid all words. If, if it's got these words that end in O-S-E or I-T-O-L, oses and itols, yeah, stay away from it because they're sugar. And or sugar alcohol in the case of the, the itols. They're yeah. a sugar of some form, whether it be a sugar alcohol, a sugar in its you know, form a processed, et cetera, et cetera. It is a sugar, ultimately. And now the list of sugars in foods that you're probably familiar with, and you've probably seen cane and beet sugar, corn syrup, dextrose, fructose, glucose, honey, isomalt, sucrose. These are all, you know, common names for sugar that you will see. Now, some others that you may not be as familiar with are things like barley malt, dextran, diastatic malt, dieto dietase, excuse me, evaporated cane juice, panocha, treacle. Now that's for our English listeners. Everyone in England knows what treacle is, I'm pretty sure. I've actually heard it referenced on the Great British Bake Off, which I thoroughly enjoy watching. Love me some Paul Hollywood and some Prue. Uh, there's also maltodextrin, mannose, muscovado. Yeah. Are you serious, folks? All just, and that's just a short list of the things that the food industry is hiding in our foods that are sugar, and they're trying to make it look like it's no big thing. That should frighten everyone just for 
you know, just for context. Well, and, and what they do, I'll take it a step further, is they will put multiple types of sugar in a product. Oh, yeah. And because the way the food labeling laws work, um, if it's less than a if it's less than a half gram, they round down to zero. That is that that is disgusting. Yeah. So you can say, and it, so ultimately you can say like, and, and, and this causes the because there's there's a there's a thing on there for added sugars, right? So again, they can round it all down, and at some point, now of course it, it shows up in the actual, you know, how much. Um, you know, it's, you know, like a food might say 22 grams of, uh, of carbohydrates and it can say, you know, it might say only, you know, you know, three grams of added sugar, but it's probably a lot more than that because again, of all the different, all the different numbers of sugars rounded down. So you can kind of, you can almost assume that, um, you know, for each ingredient there, you know, you could just almost treat it as a gram of sugar for each one, even if they're you know, at, the, at the very least, if not more than that. So, um, yeah, th this is this is where you got to read labels and know what you're looking at. Is, a, is, is it a sugar or not? Um, or is a starch, right? Uh, modified food starch. Yeah, because don't forget, starches turn into sugars in the body. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, your liver's a meritocracy. It, it doesn't, doesn't care really... where the sugar came That's from. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So the, ne the next thing we're going to talk about, okay is leptin now leptin is very important and you have a clip about that so i'm gonna have you play that leptin click clip excuse me before i go on let's see there's i've actually got two clips here i think that's fine uh, so let's let's play i'll play the shorter one for actually i'll do the longer clip i think that'll work um, mm -hmm. um, we learned about leptin from this patient over here this is the ob ob mouse the leptin deficient mouse who has a gene defect in the leptin gene so this animal's leptin is zero. So his brain thinks he's starving all the time. So he'll eat anything in sight. Not only will he eat anything in sight, but this animal is the ultimate couch potato because his brain can't see his leptin, so he thinks he's starving. So he doesn't want to burn energy. He wants to store it. The only reason this animal ever gets off his hiney is if you put the food on the other side of the cage, then they'll waddle over to that, sit down, eat it there, and stay there instead. The reason? Because leptin tells the hypothalamus that you've got the energy to burn. If the hypothalamus sees the leptin signal, then this diamond over here gets uh, activated. Anorexigenesis, that is, I'm not hungry, I don't need any more, and I can burn energy effectively. And so it tells the sympathetic nervous system turn on to fidget and to release fat from the fat cell, and it tells the vagus nerve, the energy storage nerve, hey, I'm not hungry, appetite down, and stop releasing insulin. Conversely, if the leptin doesn't reach the hypothalamus because there's a gene deletion or because there's something blocking it, then you get this diamond instead, which is orexigenesis. I'm hungry. I need more food because I'm starving. And because I'm starving, I'm going to try to conserve. That means your sympathetic nervous system tone goes down, which means you sit on a log, and your vagus nerve goes up to increase your appetite so that you'll generate more calories in order to put more into the fat cells to try to get more of a leptin signal. Now, yeah. leptin, okay, for those who are wondering, is a protein that's produced by fat cells. It is a hormone. This is odd. It says it's a protein, then it says it's a hormone. Uh, acting mainly in the regulation of appetite and fat storage. So ultimately, by consuming this sugar that causes your brain not to get the message from the leptin to, hey, you know, stop eating. You know, stop, stop shoving stuff in your, in, in, in your pie hole. 
yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna gain weight. You're gonna become obese, and and it's really scary to think about that something so, you know, some something we need to live has such a negative effect on our bodies um, in in you know higher higher concentrations. Yeah, and in fact, um, here. So I don't remember if it was earlier or later in the clip, but or the, in this in this talk that that uh, Dr. Lustig gave, but. Uh, um, this is a this is a brief description of how leptin works in a fat kid, which you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think some of us are, um, you know, some of us are, uh, you know, are fat kids, and uh, yeah, so let, I'm, let or less, play. yeah, or, so I'm getting some getting less, but so here's, um, but here's here's Dr. Lustig uh, describing how, uh, yeah, leptin works in a fat kid. What happens if you give an obese five-year-old kid a cookie instead? They're in the pantry looking for more cookies. Anybody ever see a sugar high in an obese kid? Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. And that's why they're obese, is because they don't get the sugar high, because they can't see their leptin. Because if they could see their leptin, they'd have a sugar high. But they don't. That's the point. So something's blocking that leptin signal. That's the paradox. And the question, what is what is it? Yeah. And it's and, and yeah, so basically, yeah, leptin isn't doing its job. Why is leptin not doing its job? You wonder. Well, there, there's a um, well, there's a good, there's a great answer to that. Are we are we ready to move on to that topic? We definitely are. And I was actually going to interject the fact that going back to the um, the fructose issue, okay, it naturally occurs in fruits and veggies but not nearly in the amount that it is added to the food that we eat. So, you know, as I said before, you know, our, our regular sugar consumption should be, you know, back, back in, you know, the 1940s, sugar consumption was rated at three to four teaspoons, which is 15 grams per day for people. And it has shot up considerably. In fact, I've got a, I should play the Robert Lustig clip that talks about that. You will, after I'm done talking. Okay. <laughs> uh, prior to World War II, before the soft drink and candy industry took hold, the average consumption of sugar, and I have completely lost where the how, how about I just play note. the clip? Yeah, just ta- play the note because I'm. I spent all this time on these notes, and now I can't find the one fucking note I need. I'm pissed. All right, can't find the note. All right, all right. Let me let me play this clip. This is what our consumption of fructose, so double it for sugar, has done over the last hundred years. So our ancestors getting fruits and vegetables out of the ground with the occasional honey got about 15 grams of fructose per day. Prior to World War II with the nascent candy and soft drink industries in the country, we got up to about 20 grams per day. By 1977, we got up to 37 grams per day. This is just before high fructose corn syrup invaded our shores at 8% of total caloric intake. By 1994, we were up to 55 grams a day. That was 10% of total caloric intake. And adolescents currently consume 75 grams per day. That's 12% of caloric intake. And 25% of adolescents consume 100 grams of fructose per day. Double that for sugar. That's 200 grams of sugar. Multiply by 4.1 calories per gram. That's 840 calories in sugar. So for a 2,000 calorie allotment, that's 40% of calories of sugar. The question is, can your liver handle it? Can you metabolize all that sugar before something bad happens? Remember what Paracelsus told us. The dose determines the poison. Could this be an overdose? And could that be hazardous to your health? Uh, yeah, I think it is hazardous to your health. 
Touch my mute button one more fucking time, phone boy. I swear to God, I will deflate your balls. All three of them. <laughs> this goddamn show has gone straight to hell in a handbasket. So, <laughs> what, uh, what the good doctor was talking about, about, uh, you know, prior to World War II and then, you know, post-World War II. In 1970, high fructose corn syrup was introduced into foods in response to the rising cane and beet sugar prices. And by 1977, sugar consumption had risen to 7.5 teaspoons or 37 grams a day per person, skyrocketing between 1975 and 1985. Now, to, to give our listeners an, an idea of, you know, why high fructose corn syrup is so bad it's made up of glucose and fructose which are two of those monosaccharides i was discussing earlier now table sugar which is sucralose has a 50 50 ratio oh i'm sorry it's sucrose you're right i i know what the fuck sucralose is blow me yes you might actually want to get off the mute button that you have on if you're trying to add to this conversation yes I, of course the yeah say the yeah it's yeah fruit yeah it's, it's sucrose not sucralose i misspoke oh my god so sue me <laughs> anyway table sugar is sucrose which has a 50 50 ratio of glucose to fructose now high fructose corn syrup has a 55 percent to 45 percent ratio and in its most concentrated form, it has 90% fructose and 10% glucose. Now, the Corn um, Refining Association, which is a lobbying group for the corn industry, disputes the claims that high fructose corn syrup is worse than table sugar, but the numbers don't lie. And in that, you know, we, we flow into our next topic, which is defining insulin. And this will be, you know, this will be important because insulin is a hormone produced in the pancreas by the islets of, of Langerhans, which regulates the amount of glucose in the blood. Remember I was talking about before how, you know, your body gets rid of excess sugar that uh, is saturating the bloodstream when it has too much. Now, a lack of insulin is what causes uh, a form of diabetes, and I believe it's diabetes mellitus. Yeah, well, technical, uh, uh, technical uh, term. Yeah, type. Well, it's that's type, type one. Type one. Yeah. Type, right. what, yeah. What, yeah. So type one diabetes uh, is. Yeah. It's exactly. It's your body either doesn't produce enough insulin or produce any insulin, and so you have to supplement it with, um, with um, you know, fake insulin. With, with ultimately fake, fake insulin. Um, yeah. What, what's what happens that the diabetes that most people have um, these days is uh, is type two, which is basically uh, caused by diet uh, for the most part. It's a, it, a shitty mean, diet. Yeah. That your your body is producing so much insulin that it just basically doesn't know what to do with it, um, and that causes some issues. So, um, and we remember we were talking about leptin earlier. And yes, it, we were talking about leptin. Actually, okay. There's two times in your life when you need to gain weight. So th this is where the leptin is very important. Okay, and those two times are pregnancy and puberty. And because every cell in your body utilizes glucose for energy, that's why you need it naturally. 
But see, the thing is this, okay, fructose has no use in the body for, you know, biochemical reactions. It just, it has no use. And despite the fact that high fructose corn syrup and sucrose are the same metabolically, when you increase fructose, it becomes more addictive than sucrose, which is why, you know, all the sweet stuff that you have in, you know, all the processed food you eat that's sweet and even some of it that's not that we'll discuss later that's why you can't get enough the the bliss point doesn't enter in and i'll let you explain to our listeners what the bliss point is because i know you're more familiar with it uh than i am for the most part but it's not enough you need more and more and that's why you know we'll discuss later about the fact that you know sugar is a drug it is an addiction and yeah. yeah. And actually, so I, there's a couple clips I want to play, um, and one of which is it talks well, about. Well, first you need to tell everybody what a bliss point is, uh, and okay. then you can play your clips. Okay. Well, the, the bliss point is that is that happy point when you're eating a food. It's like you just. It, it's like you know. It's kind of like the Goldilocks zone when you're eating something. It's not. Too, it's not too sweet. Not too salty. Not too you know. Not too savory. Right. It's just right. It hits that. It hits that spot. And uh, yeah, the. The funny thing about glucose is basically your body doesn't um, your your so you know your body doesn't um, you know it has no use in the body and in fact it's interesting how the body metabolizes fructose and so I've got a clip from Robert Lustig about uh, about that. So we're going to consume sugar now. We're going to consume orange juice. Same number of calories. The Glucose does the same 20-80 split it did before, 12 and 48, but all the calories from fructose are going to go to the liver because only the liver has the transporter for fructose called GLUT5. And you see glycogen anywhere? No glycogen. It goes straight down to the mitochondria just like alcohol did. And because there's so much of it, your mitochondria have no choice but to turn the excess into liver fat. There's your lipid droplet. So now you've got non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. You've got high triglycerides, just like you did with alcohol. You get the muscle insulin resistance, substrate for obesity, and it tells your insulin receptor not to work. So now you've got liver insulin resistance, which makes your pancreas have to make more insulin in order to make the liver do its job. Now the high insulin goes to the brain, blocks leptin, and now you can't see your leptin. So what does it do? It makes you think you're starving. So what does it make you do? Consume more fructose. So now you've got a positive feedback effect between a compound that's toxic and abused, causing damage to the liver, damage to the pancreas eventually, and damage to the brain. But we don't do anything about that. You would never think about giving your kid a beer, but you don't think twice about giving your kid a Coke, and they do the same thing. Yeah, and I think that's that's what's what's scary when you start digging into this. And I'll put some a couple of pictures from his, or a couple of slides from Dr. Robert Lustig's presentations on the subject in the show notes. But ultimately, yeah, if you're looking at the acute effects of of um, of alcohol or yeah, or I should say, yeah, not not the acute, but the uh, what, what's the other word? Uh, chronic. Uh, effects of uh, overconsumption of sugar and you look at the chronic uh, effects of the overconsumption of alcohol same thing by the way um they end up causing the same problems in the end and um 
you know, there, there are some there are some acute effects from drinking too much alcohol, or you know, maybe maybe not enough of, of, of effect because you didn't consume it. But uh, as in the start of this show, but uh, but anyway, this um, and I think it's important to realize that yeah, we that so fructose is something that comes along for the ride when you when you're consuming a food you know a, a food as it's found in nature that has that that is you know that is sugary right it, it it comes with it you know it comes with you know glucose and fructose and there's there's certain there's you know it there's another it's maybe not the best thing for you but you're not consuming it in massive quantities now right the, yeah. the dose makes the poison yeah exactly as it, they say. It, it's yeah it, it's the you know and i'll and i'll throw out here just a personal anecdote on this um so um, years ago, I when I was in Israel, I had a, a Coca Cola there, and it was you know it's okay. That you know, why is that interesting? Well, they make it with cane sugar there, um, and I had I remember like Mexican Coke as yeah, well, kind of like Mexican Coke if you know, in the states. There's probably places that make it, but in the U.S., it's made with high fructose corn syrup. Um, and might I say, it tastes like hot fresh ass. I do not like Coke, and no. what it does to your body above and beyond the sugar issue, it, yeah. Put a nail in it and watch what happens in like a week. Oh yeah, you'll never drink another coke. Exactly. So, so here's so yeah. When when you run, uh, but I, but I'll t- tell you, there's a very different. There's a very different satiety feel. Like if I drink a coke in in Israel, yeah, I feel like I'm full, right? Because I consume something. Um, that that is not uh, that you know that has some calories in it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely not the best thing to have consumed. But at least there's a there's a natural sort of stopping point with it. Uh, with uh, Coca Cola in the um, you know whether now and I don't care what it's sweetened with in the United States, whether it's a whether it's an artificial sweetener or not. Well, an artificial sweetener will send me to the bathroom quicker than anything else. Um, but the uh, and, and and not and not to pee, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, there you know I could dr- I could drink Coke forever, you know in in the U.S. Now I would I would have type two diabetes very quickly again, but but for the most part, yeah, it's it, there's a difference in satiety, and I'm and I'm guessing that the that fructose, yeah, it messes with your satiety, and and honestly, anything that messes with your satiety in a bad you know or, or basically turns it off, yeah, that's a problem. And that's something that needs to be, uh, you know, that, that, yeah. So, you know, literally our food system is causing us to overeat because, yeah, we're, because, because there's so much of this, you know, fake sugar and fake stuff in the products that our bodies are just going, I'm not getting what I need. I need more. And so we eat more and more and we gain more and more weight. And, you know, we're all getting sick and unhealthy and we wonder why. And the FDA could give two shits about that fact. Okay, and you mentioned diabetes. One in three adults is pre-diabetic. So, you know, if you're hanging out with a group of people, look around the room. Because if you've got, you know, at least three people in that room, one of y'all is pre-diabetic, according to standards. Now, the way that they determine this, the way they determine the risk for diabetes is your age, your family history, your weight, and your height. I have a little trouble with that because the video I pulled this off of, the doctor who took the, you know, finger wag quiz on, you know, determining your likelihood of developing, you know, pre-diabetes or diabetes, this man might have weighed 120 pounds soaking wet, and he was easily tall enough that he was not at all an overweight individual whatsoever. And the test that he took, now, mind you, of course, you know, it was online, so it must be true, as we all know, uh, said that he was at risk for diabetes simply because he is in the age range of 65 or older i know plenty of people who are more than 65 years old who have not developed pre-diabetes or diabetes 
Now, intermediate hyperglycemia. Apparent, I don't know why that is written like that because hyperglycemia is a condition, not... Anyway, it doesn't matter. The, the point is, this intermediate uh, hyperglycemic test predicts diabetes and cardiovascular uh, disease. And an impaired glucose tolerance is the test, I guess is the name of the test uh, that's used to diagnose diabetes. Now, if you have an A1C of 6.5 or above, you are said to be diabetic. Now, that is uh, with a fasting glucose test, uh, it's 6.1 to 6.9. It used to be well, that, okay, well, but by, the, by the way, that's it, an, that's an, the old figures. Well, no, they it's all, but it's it. but that's also in uh, what what is it? Because it because we because in the U.S. we use milligram uh, per deciliter, and I don't remember what what that is. Uh, millim, that's millimoles, I think, is the is the what the okay. numbers that you put in. So that one, like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Um, well, the thing is this. Okay, it actually was dropped. That's the old numbers. The new numbers, and I'll explain this. Okay, is five point six. And the reason that they dropped it is because the CDC pressured the American Diabetes Association to drop the tolerance number or cut them uh, criteria-wise so that they could literally deem more people diabetic. It's very dark. Well, but, but I think th th there's another side of that is ultimately your A1C shouldn't, if it, if it is actually more than five points, by the time you're diagnosed with prediabetes, it's, it's almost too You've late. You've had right? it for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, the problem is, is that we, okay, so there, there are no oral glucose tolerance tests issued because they're expensive and nobody wants to do them. Um, you know, so you've got that going on. Um, Oh no! It's yeah, you're, you know, if, like, you know when you're speak as a when, woman, yeah, when yeah, when your doctor tells you, oh, your fasting blood glucose is above 140 milligrams per deciliter, yeah, you've got diabetes. Well, you, you could have caught it much sooner, right? Um, if your A1C, if your A1C is 5.7 and above, yeah, something, you know, that, you know, you're not just pre-diabetic at that point. That means you've been damaged for a while, right? It, this is so. It's you know, I think the diagnostic criteria probably need to be tighter in the sense not because everybody has because yeah, the food system's so bad. Every Everybody has diabetes, and you know, it just about, and it, it, you know, or, or you know, there, there are different degrees of it, and and yeah, it's, um, it's just kind of disgusting. Like, and yeah, you could argue that yeah, maybe that's they wanted to have more people with a diagnosis, but I think the reality is yeah, it should be, um, you know, that that honestly, if you if your A one C is at five point seven, don't just you know, they say, oh, you're pre-diabetic. Yeah, treat it like you've got diabetes, folks, because by that point, it, you, you're already been, you know, the, you know the, the damage that's done from, um, you know, for, you know for, from the from the conditions uh, start at like start actually at, at around like 5.6, 5.7. It's it starts getting worse from there. So the the sooner that you can get below that number, the better, right? You should really be like in the low, you know, like you know fives or something but again it, it's a trailing indicator because it's a, what it what it means is it's a percentage of your red blood cells that have glucose stuck to them and the more you know the, the more that you more of your red blood cells that you have the better and there's also things about you know like the red blood cells when you're healthier they hang around a little bit longer when they um when they are you know when you're when when you're not as metabolically well they don't they they don't last as long so they're kind of guessing how many red blood cells you have over the course of the course of three months and so that's and that's where those numbers 
numbers are. So if you've got red blood cells that hang around longer, yeah, your number might be higher than it should be. And if you, and if you're sick, your number might be lower than it should be. But ultimately, yeah, if you're if you're above five point six, you you should do something about that. I mean, uh, and and you know, don't don't wait for the you know, you know. And if you and if you and if, and if the and if the doctors offer you drugs, uh, take something else, do something else. Um, yeah, start yeah, with getting rid of sugar. Yeah, that's what we're all about here. Yeah. Is you know. In, in, instead of going straight to big pharma, why don't we try, you know, healing our bodies naturally by fixing your diet, you know, fix the things that you did wrong. That's that's one of the things I've had to do in my life. And one of the things that I'm, you know, so fortunate to, you know, have you, Fumboy, uh, as <laughs> kind of a, a health coach, a food coach, and basically an all around, you know, kick me in the ass individual who makes me get up and exercise, you know, keeps me honest about what I'm putting in my mouth. And uh, even when I'm on the road doing my job, I kind of feel, you know, your presence. Like if I eat something I shouldn't, I know me, I'm going to tell you about it. And then I'm going to have to listen to you silently judge me without saying a word. And, you know, that's, (laughs) I ultimately realize that you're doing it, you know, uh, out of, you know, out of love and caring you know, as a human being, and I appreciate that greatly, because yeah, it's it's nice to have people who give a shit about you. Yeah, that, that that's true. Um, yeah, and I mean, having been through it myself without the uh, you know without the benefit of that, it's uh, it's doable, but it's a lot more work, I guess. Exactly. Uh, so, um, but really, I think all this stuff is, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's really just kind of sad how. Um, how prevalent this stuff is in our food in our food environment. Um, and I was trying to find the clip. Um, let's see that, that there's that, you know, kind of what, what the statistics were on it. Um, I don't know that I, I don't think you took one. I don't think I took one, but um, it is. Oh, I think no Lustig did a clip on this and it, it's, I'm trying to, let's see where, where is um, sugar is everywhere. Yeah. Let's add, this is a much long, this is a bit of a longer clip, but just, just we start talking about where sugar is. Do the, we have to do this clip right now? Because it doesn't fit. Okay, it doesn't fit right now. Okay, well then, mm. Mm. okay, well then, uh, then get moving. Well, if you shut up, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep him off the mute button now. I can't get him to use it. So the the next thing we're gonna address is leptin resistance. Now. What leptin resistance is, is you have normal leptin levels, but your brain doesn't register it, which causes overeating. Now, all of this ultimately ties into sugar addiction. And I'm sure we are all very familiar with sugar addiction at this point, as I don't know anyone who is not a recovering sugar addict or a current sugar addict, to be honest with you. And unfortunately... Sugar causes so many bad things in your body. It cause you know, just a few things. It causes obesity, type 2 diabetes. It can contribute to cancer, high blood pressure, and it's as addictive as cocaine. Oh, no, it's, it's more addictive. Than no, it's cocaine. more addictive, actually. Yeah, that's right. In fact, uh, this is so, you know, of course, we're all familiar. There's no agenda, listeners, most of us, I'm sure. Uh, you're familiar with this clip. Oreos are just as addictive as cocaine. Right, we have to play that. But actually, it's, um, I'd say it's, uh, the, the statistic I've heard is a little bit higher than that. Sugar is biologically addictive. In fact, it's eight times as addictive as cocaine. 
Oh wait a minute! I had I had played the I'd forgotten to do the other clip that goes with that, which is the which is with this other bit that goes. What? Yeah, forgot to add that to the. I thought you did that as a super cut. I know, but I didn't load it in the soundboard. Jesus Christ! Yeah, you're supposed to be a professional. Yeah. Okay. Well, so so sue me. That's the saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that and that's the th- and, and so yeah, it is it is more addictive. And by the way, it's pre- It's you know again, it's prevalent everywhere. It this is, is this and everything is, that we eat practically. Yeah, sugars everywhere. Um, do you want me to play that clip now, or should I wait? Uh, you know what? You can, and then I'll go into my. Okay, this is a little bit longer of a clip. We can always stop mm-hmm. it if we need to. But um, yeah, but this is yeah. But literally, sugar is everywhere, folks. The American Heart Association gets it, and I am a proud member of the American Heart Association because they get it. The fat hypothesis has been debunked, and they have taken it back. 2010, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, Krauss et al. Okay. But this is dietary sugar intake and cardiovascular health. I was a co-author of this and very proud to have been so. And we recommend a reduction in sugar consumption from 22 teaspoons of added sugar per day down to either nine for males or six for females. That's a reduction by two-thirds to three-quarters. How are we going to do that? How are we going to ever accomplish that? Especially since we don't even know we're consuming it. Because only one-third of our total added sugar intake comes from sugar-sweetened beverages like soda, juice, sports drinks. One-sixth comes from things that we call desserts, you know, candy, ice cream, things like that. That means one-half of our sugar consumption is hidden in foods that we didn't even know had sugar, like salad dressing. Yogurt is a big one. Anybody here think yogurt is healthy? I got, I got a bridge to sell you. <laughs> Plain yogurt, sure. You want to take some whole fruit and mix it in pl- with plain yogurt like they do in Europe? Okay. I played the wrong clip, apparently. No, it's not that you played the wrong clip. I didn't know what the fuck your clips are. I heard you make every clip we have, and I have no idea what most of them are by name. Yeah. But nonetheless, that, just play the clip. Yeah, I've, I've, already, I've already stopped it, but it's all right. But anyway, you get the idea. It's literally in everything. And this is, and it's, and yeah, and trying to avoid it. Good luck. Right. I mean, we're, you know, we, we play the game at the, when we go to the grocery store, we you know, find the oh, hot, yeah. fresh garbage and it's hard. And there's to pick, a lot out there. Yeah. There's a lot out there and it's hard to pick up the thing, but, um, so, um, okay. Well you, you have, you have the itinerary there. So, uh, I have more than I itinerary. So, all right. A few things we need to discuss when it comes to sugar addiction is the fact that, and, and I know, we, we had this conversation before, but sucrose and fructose are poisoning your body. The negative effects on your neurological system are immense. And the way that it's affecting it is that the dopamine release you get by eating so much sugar causes a sugar high. The opioid and dopamine levels fall when you have too much sugar in your body blood which then stores the fat in your cells and that's why you're gaining all this weight because if you're consuming too much sugar your body is not able to use what it needs and get rid of the rest without having a side effect that side effect is that it stores the fat and you know as we said before you know high fructose corn syrup is in pretty much everything processed food wise and it is linked to insulin resistance metabolic syndrome obesity and type 2 diabetes like we said before 
And, you know, unfortunately, even though you need some sugar, you know, consuming too much is equally bad, you know, like I said before, you know, high high fructose corn syrup and, and sucralose have the same effect on the body, but eating too much is equally bad. You know, table sugar being the sucrose and high fructose corn syrup being, you know, that shit that came about in 1970. I mean, it was literally created, which is, you know, pretty freaking disgusting when you think about it. You know, the FDA is not your friend. I just want to put that out there for everybody. And the thing is, the body does not utilize fructose. The liver is the only organ in the body that can process it. And it treats it as a toxin, turning it into fat when it has too much. So just don't. Bottom line, read your labels and just, you know, don't eat all of that high fructose corn syrup. You know, if if you need, you know, if, if you need something, you know, to satiate yourself, you're having a sugar craving, eat something that's naturally sweet, like a piece of fruit or something. It's it's a much better alternative than ingesting all of that manufactured sugar. And of course, you know, labels don't distinguish between natural sugar and added sugar. So, and, and because they don't have to. Now, here's the thing. The FDA uh, wants to uh, change sugar labeling in that it would show you how much added sugar is put in. And the Sugar Association is fighting this proposal because they say that it hasn't provided enough evidence that added sugar labeling is necessary to assist customers in maintaining healthy dietary practices. I call hot fresh bullshit on that because if I'm looking at a label and it says it has three grams of sugar in it and then it tells me that it also has another 10 or 12 or whatever, I'm going to put that product down like as if it just burned my hands. But because they currently are not required to do that, they kind of get away with murder in a sense. And, you know, the Sugar Association says that sucrose is a part of a healthy diet when consumed in moderation. That may be true, but why not get it from the foods that are natural? Like I said, like fruits and things like that. Why do you have to get it from an outside source, a candy bar or ice cream or something else that's going to have such a negative effect on your body? And it's ultimately, you know, it's, it's going to cause you more harm than good. And, you know, the, like the clip that phone boy just played about, you know, where sugars are hidden. Okay. Things like pasta sauce, salad dressings, barbecue sauce, barbecue rubs, pretty much, you know, the 101 other names for sugar in things that you would not expect is, is very frightening. I mean, we all know that pasta has sugar because of the fact it has, you know, gluten, which, you know, I'm pretty sure contains glucose and all that other happy horse shit, but you just shouldn't eat it. Now, to put it into context for y'all, okay, you think you're eating healthy, so you get the fat-free dressing. No, it's got sugar in it. You think you're eating healthy by putting that quarter cup of dried cranberries on your salad. Yeah, guess what? has the same amount of sugar as a quarter cup of Skittles candies. Would you put Skittles candies on your salad? I wouldn't. 
Yeah, I think it's important to realize that that uh, you know we, we this is basically your liver is a meritocracy. It doesn't care where the sugar comes from. And uh, mind you, this this is also the sugars that are listed on labels are per serving. So if you look at a if you look at and and I you know I reference back to salad dressing. If you look at a bottle of salad dressing, and you see how many grams of sugar are in that salad dressing. That's per serving. That is not for the whole bottle. That is per serving. So let's say there's 14 servings of salad dressing and there's six grams of sugar. That's what, 54, 64, 74? My math is failing me here. Come on, footboy, you're the math whiz. <laughs> let's just say it's a whole damn lot of sugar if you ultimately end up eating that entire bottle of salad dressing over the course of time. And what's even more frightening, and, and I'm about to ruin soda and all those sugary drinks for all of you fine listeners, one can of soda contains the same amount of your daily amounted sugar that you're allotted. So that's like 22 teaspoons. No, I'm sorry. It's not 22 teaspoons. It's more than... Tw- I, I think they said a can of soda contains 22 teaspoons, and you're allowed like 24 um or no, you're not. Oh, Jesus Christ! I'm screwing well, okay, well, yeah, up. And you shouldn't have more than like, and uh, yeah, you shouldn't have more than like seven. So, um, you know, it's it's just. It, I mean, yeah, I I had my numbers in front of me, and I I screwed the pooch on that. But yeah, ultimately, one can of soda is equal to they said you know more than your daily allotment of sugar, and that's really scary with all the stuff that sugar is in that you don't see. You know, you're you're wondering why you're you're diabetic or you're overweight, your body literally cannot process all of that sugar that's being intaken intentionally or unintentionally for that matter, because of the fact that it's just too much. You know, we're, our bodies are not made to consume excess sugar above and beyond what's found naturally in our foods. So by doing so, you know, we're, we're essentially killing ourselves in, in one or many different forms. You know, it's like you've said before, you know, pay now or pay later. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I, yeah, and that's, yeah, exactly. Do you, do you pay for, you know, getting the right food um, and maybe not having to pay later for, for medical or you pay now for the cheap food that you think you enjoy, but ultimately it leads to health problems down the road. Yeah. Or, or even pay now in... You know, if you start eating clean and you fall off the wagon, the the effect it's going to have on your body, your body's going to get mad. It's going to hurt. It's going to tell you, hey, you shouldn't have eaten this. And like I said, sugar has infl- inflammatory uh, response properties. So, you know, you, you end up swelling up because you ate sugar. And yeah, it hurts. You know, your hips hurt, your feet hurt, whatever, because you ate this sugar. Now... Don't worry, guys. There is a way out. But we're going to let Phone Boy play his clip first that he stopped about all the secret places that they're hiding sugar. Now, of course, I had, of course, I stopped it. And, uh, but, so uh, restart it. It's all restarted. Okay. So let me do, um, yeah. So this is, this is the, let me go find the clip here. This is, this is the three minute clip. The American Heart Association, just take a look at the amount of sugar. Now, it's total sugar. So some of it's lactose, which is milk sugar. The question is, how much of it is lactose and how much of it is added sugar. You can't know. You're not allowed to know because the food industry won't let you know. 
because in 1989, the food industry lobbied the Food and Drug Administration when they were coming out with the Nutrition Labeling and Education Act of 1990. And they said, if we told our consumers, our customers, how much added sugar we put in each of our processed foods, our competitors could duplicate our recipes. This is proprietary information, and you're not allowed to know it. And you know what the FDA said? Oh, okay, sure, okay, this just shows, okay? Here's what you need to know. Of the 600,000 items in the American grocery store today, 80% of them are spiked with added sugar. And that's not for our purposes, that's for the industries, because they know when they add it, you buy more for all the reasons that we've just discussed. And worse yet, there are 56 names for sugar, and you don't know them, and you're not allowed to know them. So does anybody know what Florida crystals are? Sugar. Anybody know what evaporated cane juice is? If you evaporate cane juice, what do you get? You get sugar. <laughs> okay? And so that's what they use in yogurt because, oh, cane juice must be healthy, right? Oh, cane juice for cane, right? Oh. Yeah, and, and I think, and, and yeah, and that's, and again, we, you know, when we, we play this game in the grocery store, we go through and we look at, you know, where, where sugar is. I mean, it, it's just kind of disgusting. It's like, well, you know, I mean, we, you know, we're, you know, we're looking for the garbage, but I mean, most of the time we find sugar. It's, it's, it's just like, oh, yeah, this has sugar in it. Why does it have sugar? Why does it need sugar? Um, why does hot it? Hot sauce. Yeah, hot, hot sauce. sauce last night at dinner. We were looking at it and it, um, it was not actually sugar that was in it. It was xanthan gum, but still. What the hell do you need xanthan gum in hot sauce for? It's hot sauce. You grind up the peppers, you drain the juice out, you put it in a bottle. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. You got hot sauce. Yeah, and I think something else um, that we talk about sugar is, um, yeah, so... Um, you know, we've, we've all been under, well, because of, um, you know, unconstitutional, uh, unconscionable mandates that we've all had to deal with in the last two years. Uh, yeah, we've all been under a lot of extra stress. Um, and yeah, here's another clip. I think it's, I think it's relevant. This is about a minute, but it's about, but it ultimately, yeah, um, I think it's important. I think we I think it's important to play it in the sense that, yeah, uh, that caused people to eat. And what did they eat? They probably ate sugar or something that had a lot of sugar in it. And I, I, Definitely not something they should have been. I I can certainly say that uh, people that are no longer that are, are trying and I'm trying to get out of my life right now. Uh, yeah, probably did consume a little extra as a result of all of this. A lot extra. Have you seen hunger, problems? reward, and stress? All reasons to eat, and they all conspire against us all at the same time. So when we see a patient in our clinic, that's the question we ask ourselves: Is this patient obese because they're hungry? And I know what to do about that. Or is this patient obese because of the re reward system is defective and they're addicted? That's a lot harder to deal with, but we know how to do that too. Or is this person eating because of stress, which is an enormous problem, especially in America? And that one's a really hard one because it's not the stress, it's the response to stress. So if you think you're stressed, you're stressed, whether you are or you're not. And most kids today are stressed like never before. And you know what stresses them the most? Facebook. 
Well, yeah, that and I had to, yeah, when he said Facebook. Now, keep in mind, this was, this clip was, I think this talk was given in 2013. So this is well before COVID-1984 or anything like that. Um, but I would also say that, yeah, it's it's still very relevant. And, you know, and I mean, I, I will say in my own journey, I'd say the, the reason I've gained a few pounds back, it's not because of my diet, although I'm sure I've, I've done a few dietary digressions, but ultimately it's, um, yeah, I've, I've, it's been, you know, the last, no, 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 from, uh, you know, until I got here, things were pretty stressful. And, you know, and they still got a little bit of stress going on, but it's, uh, it's hopefully. Yeah, but little, it's not for me. I didn't do it. Yeah, and not you. Um, so, you know, yeah, we, you know, because of everything, because of the, the, the whole environment, yeah, stress is one of those things that it, it causes you to overeat. It ca- you know, lack of sleep causes you to overeat. So, you know, you got to get, got to get sleep too. You know, it's, it's a holistic thing. And this is boredom. You know, yeah. Boredom causes overeating big time. Oh, yeah. But this is but what it comes down to. And, and then I, I can't find the clip. I remember taking it. But basically that the you know that they use this. Uh, they basically use a, a sucrose solution to numb a baby boy so that he can get circumcised. Yeah, that's right. I remember you playing that clip and I was mortified by the fact. And I was like, why? That's I'm, I'm sorry. If, if, if I have a baby and you come anywhere near that kid with sugar, I, I'm 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 gonna throw punch you. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So yeah, I think it, so. Yeah, the life you know life's been a lot more stressful to people. You know, so it's it's just it's just this cascading failures of like okay, we've got garbage food. We're all we're all stressed out. Um, nobody knows what you know, we're being given bad advice on how to and how to deal with it. And and yeah, if, and what do you expect? Everybody you know, people are getting sick and, and just you know and 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 uh, you know and, and yeah and sicker. I mean, there's no uh, there's no getting around it. And it's like you, and you one have to... really good way, in my personal opinion, to heal yourself from you know a, a lot of the evils and the sickness in the world right now. Turn the fucking M5M off. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, I mean that's I mean that's kind of what I did during the last two years. Is I and I mean I, not that I was watching it too much, but it, but yeah, especially now it's like yeah, it's because the reason people have lost their minds is yeah they're watching the M5M and being and being uh, and uh, believing all the bullshit that they're spouting. That's what's really frightening, is that you'd be amazed how much your stress level goes down and your health goes up. When you just hit the off button and stop listening to these idiots spewing their lies and their propaganda, it's it's just, it's so nefarious and so frightening what's going on in the world right now. And this just adds to it. You know, I mean, seriously, doing this research, you know, finding out that high fructose corn syrup is used in almost every packaged food and soft drink that we consume. Well, not us, because we don't drink that hot, fresh garbage, but, you know, our listeners might. And, you know, it's replaced higher-priced sugar in a variety of industries. Uh, and the and the percentages may be shocking to y'all. It has actually been replaced by 41% in the beverage industry, 22% in the processed food industry, 14% in the cereal and bakery industry, 12% in multi-use foods, 9% in the dairy industry, which really surprised me because why are you adding sugar to an already, you know, sugar-containing product, you know, in the form of lactose? That really bothered me. And then the, the final uh, industry that they listed was the confectionery industry. So ultimately, you know, the candy industry, a whole whopping 1%. So essentially, it's actually healthier to eat candy 
than it is to eat like dairy if you want to be analytical about it well, that's frightening well it depends on the dairy i mean there, there's some you know, some dairies better than others but i mean i was obviously being facetious yeah. but you get yeah you get my point on that well exactly i mean i did i did write down skittle salad as a potential show title oh i like that yeah. that's a good title yeah, that's a good that's a good title but um so okay um so where are we on the itinerary <laughs> where we are is that fear not folks you can fix this in your lives. If you have decided that you don't want to consume all this sugar, you want to read labels, and you listen to our podcast and the content we're putting out, I'm here to give you some light at the end of this dark tunnel. Yeah, so I, get, I, have, to play, I have to play this. I have to play this clip, right? So this is the, um, yeah. Is, yeah. For, I mean, you have to make, ultimately you have to make the decision to stop eating sugar. That's First, right. Make a decision to break the sugar habit. Have you made your decision for Christ? Yeah, well. That's right. And hopefully you have made your decision for Christ after listening to this. As we have. Yeah. Of course, now I'm going to play this other clip that, now that, that is, that, that is uh, unfortunately, it's like, um, and I think, I think it's important to realize that this is what we're up against, right? It's just in terms of, uh, yeah, we know we're trying to do an education job here, but we also know that the odds of, you know, educating this problem away are, um, yeah, that's, I think it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Can our toxic food environment be changed without government or societal intervention, especially when there are potentially addictive substances involved? Has education worked for any substance of abuse? Not one. Did Nancy Reagan's just say no work? Does the Surgeon General's warning on a pack of cigarettes stop people from smoking? No. The thing that stopped people from smoking was secondhand smoke. When it started, when your smoking affected me, that's when we started getting legislation. And then the tobacco documents came out and we realized there was corporate malfeasance involved. That's when things changed. But not one lick of education made any difference in the amount of tobacco consumed. And Stan Glantz right here at UCSF showed that very nicely. Yeah. I have a problem with that clip. Okay. I really do. Oh, well then go on. Just, well, I, I do, but I don't, okay? I, I don't in the sense that he's right. Just because some Surgeon General or some, you know, First Lady, former First Lady, whatever, comes, uh, you know, is, is set on busy work while her husband, you know, pretends to run the country, or at least that's what's going on now, Obama's. Anyway, um, yeah, people are still smoking. I, I hate to tell you, they thought that raising the taxes and the prices on cigarettes was going to stop people from smoking, and all it did is make the cigarette companies more rich, because cigarettes are outrageous price-wise. When, when, I mean, I can remember, I am old enough to remember, when a pack of cigarettes might run you two bucks, and that was for, like, you know, a name brand, they're up to six, seven, ten plus dollars per pack. That is just obscene. I should play the it's obscene. That's the point. Do I actually have that? I don't on know here? if you have it. Well, I do. It's obscene. That's the point. There you go. There you go. So like I said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all is not lost. There are ways to, I won't say fix your addiction because much like with alcohol, drugs or whatever, you're never actually cured. You're always in recovery. So as a recovering sugar addict, as my partner phone boy is also ways that you can help to overcome this addiction first of all 
remove all the sugar from your house. I mean, obviously, you know, pretty much every food in your house has sugar in it. You know, like I was saying, spaghetti sauce, salad dressing, stuff like that. But the obvious things, the ice cream, the skim milk, the candy, the cookies, the baked goods, the things that are obvious. If you put it in your mouth and it's sweet, more than likely, it's probably containing a lot more sugar than you should be consuming and get it out of your house. Because if it's not in your house, it's not in your mouth. So I, I want to I address something that... Uh... Uh, Sir Bemmer has brought up in the chat room said it's about education, right? It's like you can yep. educate people, um, you know, and in, in and ultimately, yeah, it, it comes to, it comes down to an informed choice. And this is and my my issue with all of this. And I know that, you know, I know that government regulation can only do so much, right? So, but I think the, the issue I have is that you don't know it's there, right? If I if if there was an accurate list of ingredients for every for for all the foods, and and trust me, there's not because no, they, because if you actually told people the truth about what was in their foods, they wouldn't eat it. Well, if, if they knew what yeah, if they knew what it was, but I mean, the bottom line is is that there's there's if you, you know, don't know what an ingredient is, if you can't pronounce an ingredient, you probably shouldn't be putting that food product if you can call it that in your mouth. Yeah. And that's why one ingredient foods, as we talked about, I think it was last week, yeah, are truly a, the best. Yeah. If it has a nutrition label, if it needs a nutrition label, then it probably doesn't need to be eaten. It's kind of, a, I like simple one ingredient foods, although you got to look, you got to look out for those too. Right. And this is, we well, really can't say that because every food on it, has a nutrition label that way you know yeah. you know how much riboflavin and thiamine and all that stuff are you getting even if it is a one ingredient food it is still kind of important to know because there are some people who do actually have intolerances to things that you wouldn't expect and have to be very careful not to eat them for the negative effects that it will cause on their body above and beyond if it's you know hot yeah. fresh garbage yeah it's ultimately yeah it ultimately comes down to we need to have the food, the food companies tell the truth about what's in their products. Right. And that's, that's, that's all I, you know, and the, yeah, after that, yeah, if they want to make them that way, that's fine, I guess. But, but it still comes down to let's get the food, let's get the, um, you know, let's get the, the food labels to actually reflect what's in the, what, what's actually in the, um, you know, what, what's in the, uh, you know, what's in the food. So people, and, and then, yeah, obviously people can make an informed choice. I'm not, I'm not all for, you know, you know, regulation by any stretch. I mean, yeah, I, I understand, you know, there's a, um, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, yeah, making, you know, being able to make those informed choices. And right now I feel like that the food industry the, the, or the way, the way that all the regulations and stuff are set up, that it's very difficult to make an informed choice. There, there's a lot of fuckery. There's a lot of hiding going on of what, of what's actually in the foods. Yeah. Let's, let's let the truth come out and then, and then, okay. You know, based on that, you, you know, people can make their own choices if they still want to, you know, if, if they still want to, uh, you know, consume the stuff that's going to give them diabetes that, well, that's their, you're right. That's their choice. But, but we need to at least make it possible for people to make the, you know, to be able to make that choice. That's, and yeah, I'm all, I'm all about personal choice, but, uh, you know, but I'm all, I'm also all about information, right? Let's, let's, you know, let's put the information out there and let, you know, and, and let's get it out there in people's hands so that they can make those choices. And, and, and yeah, ultimately if enough people make the, make healthier choices, well, industry is going to have to follow suit, right? It's, you know, because the, the industry is only going to make what people want. And yeah, that's, and unfortunately that we're, you know, those who want a, a healthier lifestyle, there, there's a, we're, you know, we're stacked against it, we're, you know, with addiction, right? I mean, and this is, um, I know I've, I'm trying to think if I've actually played this clip yet or not, or if I, if I haven't, let's see, um, that, yeah, this stuff's addictive and it's, it's worth, and it's actually, um, 
And you know what? I think I should play the Sugars Like Alcohol clip. because it's Yeah, a, you know, I think you should. Yeah, because yeah. I haven't played that yet, and I think that's I a, keep promising them I'm going to tell them how to fix the sugar addiction, and you keep bringing in more clips, but, you know. Yeah, but I, have, I, also have, I also have clips to support what you're saying, too, of course. This is true. Yes. Sweeties, this is a super-concentrated sucrose sugar solution that you dip the pacifier in, and you put in the newborn baby boy's mouth before you do the circumcision because it releases opioids and it deadens the pain. And this has been known forever. Okay, then you mix it with a little wine and then you got a real good cocktail. So is there really such a thing as sugar addiction? Well, we have to look for similarities to other drugs of dependence like nicotine, morphine, amphetamine, cocaine. The one I think is most appropriate is alcohol because after all, alcohol and sugar are basically metabolized the same way because after all, where do you get alcohol from? Fermentation of sugar, it's called wine. Right? We do it every day up in Napa, Sonoma. The big difference between alcohol and sugar is that for alcohol, the yeast does the first step of metabolism called glycolysis. For sugar, we do our own first step. But after that, when the mitochondria see it, it doesn't matter where it came from. And that's the point. And that's why they both cause the same diseases. And they do the same thing to the brain. So for the criteria for addiction in animals are binging, crave, uh, withdrawal, Craving, and then this one down here called cross-sensitization with other drugs of abuse. That means that if you expose an animal to one drug of abuse, like cocaine, for three weeks and addict them, and then you expose them to a second drug they've never seen before, like, say, amphetamine, they're addicted to the amphetamine even though they've never seen it before because the dopamine receptors are already down-regulated because they're the same dopamine receptors. Does sugar do this? Absolutely. QED, slam dunk, sugar's addictive in animals. What about humans? Who saw this movie? Oops, I think I, I think I screwed up on that clip. But ultimately, yeah, it's is it addictive in humans? Yeah, of course it is. Oh, I mean, completely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you know, I we were we were talking with uh, some of your friends um, earlier this week, and you know, they were like, "Oh, I can't, I can't give up my." Yeah, I I have a friend who is on Weight Watchers and has been for quite a while. And don't get me wrong, I am not um, I'm not giving her any kind of crap about it. If if Weight Watchers has worked for her and she's been doing it for all these years, then, you know, that that's great and more power to her. But I can tell you personally that doing this lifestyle that I'm doing, I'm down just, I'm literally a pound from being 70 pounds lighter than I was when I started at the beginning of the year. And quite honestly, I don't think she's even lost a total of 50 in X amount of years, plural that she's been doing Weight Watchers. So the the fact that <laughs> I, I'm, I'm offended at the fact that you can eat anything you want as long as you count the points. Um, no, I, I don't find that to be accurate at all because of the fact that you're not taking the stuff that you're not supposed to be eating, like the sugars and the grains and the, you know, the processing and this and that. You can have anything you want to eat as long as you don't go over, you know, this many points. Well, what happens if at the end of the day you've ate nothing but hot fresh ass and used all your points to eat a brownie for dinner? How are you losing weight uh, doing something like that? Well, and, and I and I would say, and actually, here's the thing about Weight Watchers, and I think I've had I've I've heard people admit this about the whole you know, Weight Watchers or whatever you want to call it now. Um, if these systems work truly worked, they wouldn't have repeat customers. Well, that's exactly why they do what they do. Because here's the thing, okay? Think of it this way, all right? Weight Watchers, it's a diet. Jenny Craig, diet. Atkins, diet. 
no sugar, no grain lifestyle. Need I say any more? Yeah, there's yeah. The, Vinny does sell some products, by the way, but they're not. Uh, yeah, but they're the stuff that you're allowed to have. He's saying this is what your body naturally should eat. And oh, by the way, I've made a product that coincides with that. Look, the guy's just trying to get his nut. I ain't gonna fuck with that. Well, well, not only that, he has he he makes a point of saying you don't need to buy my products to to be successful at this, right? He yeah, he, talks, he just he, says get, you know the first step basically in basically stop eating try. shit, right? So yeah. now actually, so here's actually something. Now th I pulled this from, from a Dr. Mark Hyman uh, video. Um, you know, what does he, what does he talk about eating? Right. And this is, um, and, and so let, let's see if I can. Um, and so I'm trying to, let's see if I can figure out this. So, um, yeah, what he, what he talks about, well, getting rid of out of, out of your life. And again, this is not, you know, so this, this is a, you know, Dr. Mark Hyman's a fairly mainstream. He's not quite like Dr. Oz, but, uh, he probably knows Dr. Oz. I don't know. He's been, he's been around yeah, a while probably. in the media, but, uh, but, but before you play that, I did want to add something in because, uh, something just occurred to me that we did not touch upon that I meant to, which is artificial sweeteners, the monk fruit extract, the stevia, the... Oh, it's covered in this clip. I think, awesome. I think it is. So let, let's... Uh... All right, we'll play the clip and then we'll talk about it. Quit cold turkey by stopping all forms of sugar and flour and artificial sweeteners, which actually also cause diabetes and obesity, hydrogenated fats, and MSG, which makes you crave more, as well as all processed and prepackaged foods. Yeah, and I think... You know, and there, you know, some of the stuff, yeah, the, ultimately, yeah, the, 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 um, the fake sugars are actually worse for you, I think, because. Very much yeah, so. Yeah, because, yeah, the, and I, the way I look at it this way is, so, and I, and I look at it with the, you know, the way you, when you, when you There's taste still something sugars. Sweet, yeah. There's still sugar alcohol. Yeah. That's what your well, well, or, or is. Even, or is... even, well, even, or, or, you know, aspartame or, or, you know, or sucralose or whatever, right? It's right. ultimately all of that stuff. So here's Saccharin. the thing, your body tastes the sweet and part of what it does is it you know it bumps up the insulin a little bit to say hey you got this i got the i got the sugar coming in i need to i need to be able to deal with it right and that's what it does is it you know jacks up the insulin well yeah it ultimately um you know ultimately yeah it doesn't raise your blood sugar the extra insulin will uh, you know will will you know will lower your blood sugar a little bit more but ultimately yeah your body's like hey wait a minute where's the you know where you know where's the sugar right and and so it, yeah but it's another trade off yeah it's an, it's another trade off and and so ultimately yeah now for me right it like um aspartame uh, sends me to the bathroom in, in a very bad way i mean you know I go i get to i get to go uh, spend 24 hours on the on the toilet uh hating my life as a result of uh, you know when i when i have it and it took me a while to figure out that that was actually something that that uh, was a problem for me but but yeah i think this this is something that we we need to you know that that there's yeah you need to get your body away from you know the, the you know the, being just basically bombarded by sweet being addicted yeah that that's basically what yeah. this comes down to is you need to get your body off of whatever kind of sugar whether it's natural sugar regular sugar you know artificial sweeteners just say no yeah. It's a drug. It's an addiction. Sugar yeah. is an addiction. Yeah, and, and by the way, all it takes is like, it doesn't take very many days to get off of it. It's you ten. Know, Yeah, well, yeah, Dr. Hyman mentions 10 days, but there's probably, you, you, but you know, it may take a little bit longer, but ultimately it's a drug. And the only way to get off of some of these drugs is cold turkey. Um, and yeah, that's yeah, but at the same point in time, okay, let's, let's not just give the listeners a fright to think that they have to go cold Turkey on all their sugar intake and, you know, hate their life because I know, um, 
when when I had talked to Sir Bemrose when we were up there uh, in person, he was talking at one point in time about how he had done Atkins, I believe it was. Uh, he, he had done something, and it made him ragey. And I get that. Like, or no, maybe, I'm sorry, I don't think it was Atkins, maybe it was Keto. But none, nonetheless, um, he he was ragey uh, the first couple of days, which is why he, you know, threw in the towel and said, you know, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. And I, I speak from a place of experience that when I started doing keto, yeah, that's exactly how I felt was I couldn't eat the things I was used to eating because anybody who knows me knows, okay, I, I have Polish ancestry as well as my royal Scottish ancestry. And I should have been a born Italian. I love me some bread, some pasta. That is my kryptonite. So having given that up has been very difficult. But the artificial sweeteners that are put into the products that keto has they can ups I mean, and again, I speak from a place of experience. That stuff can upset your stomach something fierce. And you still get the sugar withdrawal rage that comes with it. Yeah. I mean, I can... When I was doing keto, I would do the shakes for breakfast and lunch. And then I would have, you know, what is considered a sensible, you know, keto dinner. And... I, there was one specific brand of shakes that gave me such a horrible stomach ache. And also, I was um, spending a lot more time in the bathroom than I really wanted to be. So, quite honestly, just just don't. You know? I mean, I, I know I keep saying you know, but <laughs> that's my go-to word. I don't understand why our bodies... People just... God, it, sorry, brain lock, because it, it boggles my mind. This really is not hard to do. It, like with every journey, the, the journey begins with the first step. And the first step in breaking a sugar addiction, like I said, was get the sugar out of your house. That is, that is step number one. And, you know, substitute the sweets you know, the candy, the cookies, whatever, if you really, really just gotta have that sugar bump, have a piece of fruit. And when we talk about fruit, I'm not talking about bananas, grapes, cherries. Those are extremely high in sugar. Have something a little more mellow. And surprisingly, oranges are not as high in sugar as people think that they are. And they're a lot better uh, when it comes to a fruit choice. But the best choice to make if you just really need that sweet bump is berries. Strawberries, raspberries, blueberries. Those are your best options. Peaches and nectarines are also really good. Just for that little, you know, that little bump to get you over the hump. So you can continue on being successful in, you know, slowly cutting sugar out of your life. The way I did it, and it was, you know, on a suggestion from you, phone boy, was not adding sugar to my coffee anymore and using heavy cream. Now, I never used milk. Couldn't stand it. Gave me a tummy ache. Always used half and half. Uh, but I love cream, you know. And just taking the sugar out of my coffee, it wasn't horrible. 
the first time I did it, I was like, okay, this is different. But then the more I did it, the more I drank it, I've actually managed to get where I could probably tolerate a black cup of coffee and not hate it. I mean, I wouldn't be happy about it because like I said, I really like the cream, but I could do it if I had to. And another way, which definitely fits into, you know, our particular lifestyle of NS&G is drink a lot of water. Water is really good. Your body is made up, you know, a good percentage of which is water, as is the earth. But drinking water, they claim you're supposed to drink eight glasses a day. I don't know anybody who can drink eight full glasses of water a day. That's a lot of water. Yeah, it, it, that's a lot. And generally, not drinking your calories is a good idea. And I'll, I'll, yeah, play I'll, that clip. I'll play that clip. Don't drink your calories. Eat them. Eliminate soda, sports drinks, sweetened teas, sweet coffees, juices, except green vegetable juice. Yeah, I got a problem with green vegetable juice because here's the thing, right? It's still, um, it depends on what and how, how if, it, if it's, if the pulp and all is all included in that, okay, maybe, right? Roughage. Uh, roughage, right? But if, but if it's if it's uh, like V8, yeah, no. no yeah, don't. look at a label on V8. I'm just going to say this because we were shopping at Costco the other day and I picked up a case of V8 just out of curiosity to see what was in it. And yeah, it became the hot fresh garbage category. I don't remember specifically what was in it, but I know it damn sure wasn't what I needed to be putting into my body under the guise, like we were talking about before, of health food oh i'm drinking a v8 it's healthy did you look at the label just curious yeah um so this is um yeah and and i think it, it and that i you know one thing we need to probably be careful about with um it is is putting too much heavy cream on our coffee because that ultimately is still drinking calories right and that's and, true that's yeah. true but at the same point in time i can afford those calories with how little i actually eat during the day considering that i don't eat breakfast usually I usually will drink coffee until basically probably three, four o'clock in the afternoon and then have, you know, some meat sticks and mustard. Yeah. I may or may eat dinner after that. I don't know. But ultimately, I can afford the extra calories for the fact that I like my coffee the way that I like my men, pasty white. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, let's see. I'll play this other club. There's a couple other sort of uh, tips from Dr. Mark Hyman about, about uh, yeah, what, what you're doing when you're, you want to break a sugar addiction. Groovy. And eat good fats at every meal, including nuts and seeds and avocados, coconut butter, and omega-3 fats from fish. Now, I would be careful about eating too many of any of these things, of course. Yeah, too, too I mean, all, all puns aside, eating too many nuts is not healthy because they are very carby, like the pistachios, the cashews, things like that. They're delicious, but they're very carby. Yeah, and they, they cause, they actually, if I have too many of them, they cause me gastric, a little bit of gastric distress, so. Yeah, so um, that tells you, you know, again, listen to your body. If you eat something and your body's going, hey, this isn't working for me, and it has an adverse reaction, listen to that, because it's trying to tell you either cut down on what you're eating or omit it altogether. And that's actually one of the points that I have is be, uh, eat balanced meals as a way to cut the sugar out, because if you're eating what you, you know, what you were talking about earlier is if you are eating what you should be to be satiated, proteins, healthy fats, things like that, you're not going to crave the sugar because your body's going to be satisfied and not need to find something for a quick energy boost because you're going to have the sustained energy that is given to you by the stuff that you're eating. 
Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, it's um, you know. And by the way, and by the way, there's nothing. And I'll I'll play the vegetable clip here just for the because yeah, eat your veggies, right? Right. Next, you want to eat the right carbohydrates for ten days. Eat only non-starchy veggies like asparagus, green beans, mushrooms, onions, zucchini, tomatoes, fennel, eggplant, lots of varieties of non-starchy vegetables. And that makes me very sad in a sense because corn, peas, carrots, those are all starches, potatoes, uh, parsnips, rutabagas, turnips, squashes are not bad thankfully. So uh, considering the fact that I have gained a new respect for certain squashes, I have no heartbreak over the fact. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's meat jewelry still. You still call it meat jewelry, but that's okay, because you're going to be enjoying some delicious meat jewelry tonight alongside of the mushroom chicken that I'm creating. Well, that, that's true. Um, you know, and, and you know, they talk about, you know, quitting gluten and dairy. Now, gluten, you shouldn't be on, if you're eating, you shouldn't be eating grains anyway. So I would, I would say not do that. But, uh, yeah, dairy, well, I'll, I'll play the clip here. Next, you want to quit gluten and dairy for 10 days. Now, it's not easy, but after two to three days, you'll have more energy, you'll feel better, you'll have fewer cravings, and a whole host of symptoms can go away. Yeah, now... The thing about and, and some people are in dairy intolerant, and so you may some people have, may have to cut it for other reasons. Um, yeah, lactose you, intolerance yeah, sucks. Thankfully, I'm not. If you're going to eat dairy products, make sure they're full fat, because you know because the read you know, labels. Read labels, right? Make sure it doesn't contain other crap, because yeah, that often does that. And it can, yeah. like we talked about our heavy cream having. Like yeah. polysorbate eighty or some yeah. silly shit. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm glad I found the the heavy cream that came from a local dairy. Yeah, because all store. it is is cream. Who the hell would have imagined that cream containing only cream? Shocking. Yeah, I would also say, and I, I won't play these clips because they're only like five seconds. But ultimately, yeah, the other thing you got to worry about too is uh, is stress, right? We t- and I talked about, um, you know, they, you know, there's a there's the clip on, you know, the, the the stress causes you to eat. So yeah, if you can reduce your stress, that'd be great. Uh, also, make sure you get enough sleep because I know I want to eat more when I'm uh, when I'm not uh, sleeping well. And uh, yeah, that's one thing I've uh, really tried to address. Uh, I certainly noticed it, um, you know, the, um, I'd say at the end of last year was I wasn't sleeping a whole lot and, and that had all kinds of impacts on me. And I'm kind of surprised I was, I was actually at my lowest weight at that point, but, uh, um, but yeah. And then, and then other stresses kicked in and uh, started eating more. So, um, and actually yeah. that's the last thing on the list that I have, um, just as an introduction for ways to overcome your sugar addiction is lower your stress. Do yoga, meditate, listen to music that gives you the same, you know, dopamine and serotonin um, level reactions that the sugar does. I know for me, listening to, you know, certain songs and whatnot, give me a rush that no sugar could possibly touch. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, and that's um, you, you, you. Yeah, you need. I mean, these these are all. Yeah, this is this is my whole health health journey. It started with diet, but it, it went so many other places because I realized in order to make progress on all of them, you got to address all the stuff. Maybe not all at the same time. So start. You know, start with your diet. I mean, it's what I did. I started with my diet, and then I started working on some of these other things because I realized I wasn't. I could only get so far by changing my diet. It's like, okay, I need, you know, it's, I think we, 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 we talk about what's eating you versus what are you eating, right? And I think that's a, that's a whole different, um, it's a whole different thing you got to worry about, right? With all this stuff is, is 
this is yeah but it all ties in yeah it all it all ties together for sure um so um and, and if you want to tell us about any of the things that you may be consuming or you may be wondering uh if and why it is or isn't okay to consume it, you know, give us a call 253-237-3321 and leave us a voicemail about whatever it is that might be on your mind. And if it involves the topic that we're discussing even better. Yeah. Or if it's, yeah. If, or if it was a previous topic, that's fine too. Um, so we did get yeah, a boost. We, we did, we did get a boostergram during the show. Woohoo! Yes. From NA millennial. NA millennial. He, he, he sent a uh, 3,333 sets with yeah. fountain. And he says, if it rhymes with gross, it's probably a sugar and bad for you. you there I, you go. That NA I, millennial for the win on that one. That I, I, I like that one. I, I give you, Hell yes. I give, I'll give you, I'll give you some plus pluses here uh, in a second. Um, yeah. I, I threw some karma at him in the, in the chat. Most definitely. You know, and we appreciate uh, the the streaming of the boosting, the streaming. We we appreciate it all. It you know it it gets our gets our podcast you know staying on the air because we're gonna do our toast and jam session now uh, where we just talk about what's been going on in our lives, and we would usually have a toast of some you know delicious liquor. Today it just happens to be water that we're consuming as we said we would be behaving during our podcast so uh we're gonna jam on the fact that what the hell were we talking about <laughs> no i'm just kidding yeah so what yeah whatever whatever, whatever you're talking about <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Oh. Being sober sucks. Yeah, what? Well, it's, it's... Somebody put my train back on the track, yeah. damn it. Yeah, my train, Because yeah. the thought train derailed. Okay, well, that, that, yeah, exactly. So, um... Well, let's see, we, we didn't get to go to the farmer's market the last couple of day, a uh, couple of weekends, because it hasn't been going on. There was a classic Corvette show, uh, well... It was a Corvette Club. There were there were new and classic. Well, there were still a couple well of British cars. Oh yeah, the British cars. Oh yeah, that was really nice actually. Oh yeah. man, yeah. You wouldn't believe the cars. We should have taken some pictures. There was oh what is that? I can't think. An Austin Healey, I think it was. Yeah, there's an Austin Healey. Yeah. Oh my god, it was the most amazing thing. Yeah, there's yeah we yeah this is um you know and and yeah, unfortunately yeah, the the you know. Um, she's there is a farmer's market on Wednesdays, but she's uh, she's not here for that because she's on the road. Yeah, because I'm working. Yeah, um, yeah. The last couple Saturdays there's been other events, and so there hasn't been the farmer's market. But um, yeah, last week was a wine tasting that you know, in my personal opinion, could have been marketed much better. You know, I think they called it like wine on the plateau or some silly shit. And uh, the street off which the farmer's market area is located it's called Peavine so they really better should have and maybe I should drop this idea in their ear next year call it wine on the vine what do you think yeah exactly uh, I think it I think I think their marketing person missed the yeah. boat yeah um yeah we are we are not planning to consume copious amounts of sugar especially after no but there may be some alcohol which does have copious amounts of sugar in it yeah that's another thing I wanted to address actually during the show was the fact that um you know, unfortunately, the way that alcohol is made is by, you know, fermentation purposes, which is sugar is a big factor in that, in that you add the sugar in and the yeast eats it and causes the fermentation, which then causes the delicious whiskey, the beer, whatever else, you know, sugar is a big part of a lot of the alcohol that you consume, which is why clear liquors are better than dark liquors 
because of the fact that the process of fermentation is a little bit different. Maybe there's less sugar in them. Yeah, but it ultimately, yeah, they, they, they have the same effects though. Ultimately, and, mm -hmm. and or you know, or you know, it has a, it has a yeah. So ultimately, as we played, yeah, it's maybe not such. Again, a your liver is a meritocracy. It doesn't care where the sugar comes from, whether it's from liquor or whether you just ate a Snickers. Yeah, exactly. It ultimately, yeah, it's ultimately all not great for you. So, um, but and then, you know, it's actually kind of ironic when you think about it. I, I know anyone who's ever seen the you know, the you're not you when you're you know when you're hungry commercials. And, you know, quote unquote, being Betty White, shout out to Miss Betty White. We miss her great, great loss in, in the world when she passed. But when you think about it, okay, you're hungry, which means your blood sugar's down. So you are hangry and then you consume an ass ton of sugar with a Snickers bar that jacks your blood sugar up and then, or you consume one of those, you know, high sugary coffee or energy drinks which then jacks your sugar way up and what happens when your sugar level you know newton's law of physics i believe it is you know what goes up must come down what happens when your sugar level bottoms back out because the sugar in that has worn off it's worse it's 10 times worse because you're sluggish you're tired you feel like hot fresh ass so what do you do oh grab another energy drink grab another snickers bar and you just can you just keep rotating it's circular you you keep you know precipitating the cycle you need to break the cycle yeah that's true um well i think we've uh, i think we've exhausted this topic I, I believe we have keep the oreos out of your mouth ladies and gentlemen they are crack as our provisional show title did indicate and basically you can overcome your sugar addiction it's possible you just have to do the right thing and have have a good support system because it's not easy when you first start out, especially, you know, depending on how many years you've been addicted to sugar. It's it's not easy to do, but it is possible. You know, Vinny says put life back into living. And ultimately, the way that you put life into living is be present in your life and do what you're supposed to do so that you don't punch your ticket too early. Yeah, I agree with that. Um and with that, I guess it's. Uh, I guess I need to start the. Uh, I believe the, so. Start the music here. Yeah, there we go. Got to got to do that. So, um, so yeah, we um, yeah. Hopefully, this was all informative for you guys, and uh, yeah, hopefully, we, you had a great goddamn time. Well, yeah, as we did. I know we did. Yeah. And this is gonna keep going. That's gonna keep going because we have an after party. Hang out for the after party. That's right. So, um, any case, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, phone boy at lotuseffect.show, phoenix at lotuseffect.show. If you want to send us an email, two five three two three seven three three two one. If you want to leave a vocal mail, we love those. We play them on the show, and um, yeah, and, and it is value for value. So if you got any value out of our show, please return it. You know, spread the word about the Lotus Effect. You know, boost us. Give us your Fiat Fun coupons. Yeah. Just basically be here. Yeah, exactly. And with that, uh, we'll see you next time for another uh, another uh, experience of the Lotus Effect. That's right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>